Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Heiler, Chief People Officer at IntraDM. IntraDM is a contact center automation solution provider that uses AI-powered technology to assist teams to enable a more productive and engaged workforce. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. So one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was how to engage the workforce, especially in this remote era. Yeah, it's one of those that I wish we as HR professionals had um, a playbook on that. It's not easy because it's new and it's different for a lot of companies. I joined InterDM a little over a year ago, so I missed kind of the first half of the pandemic with the company. But, you know, since joining, I've done a lot of talking to people just to see what they need, what they're missing, what they want. We've done a lot of employee surveys. And I think a lot of it is really, really about intentionality. So you're going to hear me say that a few times. Like we need to have intentional conversations, intentional discussions with people inside and outside of their team through our hiring process and other things like that to just make sure that we're staying in touch with people when we're in 28 states in the U.S. and in the U.K. and then Canada. It's not really easy. So like I said, it's a lot of very intentional conversations to just try to get to the meat of everything that we have going on with all of our employees. Yeah, I completely understand that. Having worked for two different companies since everyone kind of shifted to the remote work, that intentionality, like you said, makes a huge difference in um, feeling engaged and feeling like you belong within your respective workforce. Yeah. And like I said, it's been a lot of listening. You know, I think we can do the intentional conversations, but I know myself and other members of the leadership team, we make sure we're surveying the employees and we're hearing what is going on with them. I'm not necessarily a fan of over-surveying by any stretch, but in this environment, it's really one of the only ways we can actually get information from people if we're not actually having continuous conversations, which our leaders definitely are, our employees definitely are. We make sure we set those kind of standards and processes in place to make sure those conversations are happening. But like I said, we can easily send out, you know, during town hall as an example, a quick little like survey question. And that alone takes two seconds, pops up on your screen on Zoom, as we all know, and you can answer something. And that gives us something that we can work with if we have a question or an issue or something that we're challenged by. And listening to our employees make them feel more invested in what we're doing anyway. Right. And speaking of surveys and kind of seeing what your employees need. A general trend I've seen overall is that people are wanting to continue to work remotely, even if that in-person option is available. So how can a remote-first working system or having that option available to people help promote a people-first company culture? Yes, it's, that, it's, I'm, I'm kind of laughing because since I've been here, I mean, InterDM has always been people first. People are our number one priority. We say that. We start meetings with people first on all of our agendas. We have declared ourselves a remote first company because we did hear and we knew that people didn't necessarily want to go back to the office. We opened it up in September. Our office here in the Atlanta area said, if you want to come in and use it as a tool, feel free. 
nobody really did. <laughs> so that was a little bit of that test case that, you know, we're like, I'm really happy at home with the flexibility and the freedom of responsibility that, you know, is kind of a shared initiative that we have. So as we're thinking through it, it's very much about the experiences that we put in place for everybody on a daily basis and making sure that our people with our core values and making sure that they understand that we do care about them first and foremost, because they are human beings and respect for the individual and calendar management and meeting management and all of these wonderful tools that we have, we have to set some norms and some standards. So we are respecting each other in our time. So listening to the people in the remote first culture is really, really all about making sure that they feel heard and that the things that are important to them that we therefore, obviously within reason, then go back and implement. I think we've been really, really successful with that. We've rolled out recent initiatives and gotten some feedback from employees and everybody is very thankful that we're heading in the direction that we're heading. And the remote first is important because that's where the world is going. But we also have heard our employees that they do want some in-person gatherings here and there too. So we're balancing a little bit of both, but we are not going to have a, you have to go back to work. We're just not going to go that direction. So what advice do you have for companies that are trying to find that balance of what works with their company culture, their company's bottom line, and their employees? For me, everything starts with the experience as a new hire or in the candidate process. To me, it's kind of your first touch with the employee or the potential employee in that candidate process. We, in our employee life cycle, I always look at the candidate experience as kind of that first step. So whatever experience they have along the way, I want them to feel like they are getting the best possible experience from day one all the way through to when they're an alumni. So thinking through that, we are asking questions during the interview process about their experience as they're onboarding, engagement surveys, quarterly assessments, things that we are, again, listening to everybody because you're not having those serendipitous conversations in the lunchroom or over coffee and you're not running into people in the hallway. So what other way can you actually do it? And that is through actually having conversations and listening to what everybody is saying and making sure that they feel as though, and this goes back to some of the people first, that the work that they're doing on a daily basis is part of our mission. And they feel like they are part of where we are trying to go as a company and that their work is valued. And if they have that feeling and they feel like they also have the work-life balance in our remote force culture, our customers are going to be better off. Our employees are going to be better off. And in the long run, that's where the bottom line is obviously going to be affected if we're doing all of those things before that. Right. So as you were talking about how people's first real interaction with the company is during the onboarding process. Do you have any advice for employers seeking out the younger generation, specifically Gen Z and recent college grads, and how to catch their attention in order to attract and retain them? We're working through all of that right now. That goes back to my earlier, I wish I had a playbook. So for me, most of what any company does is really about building relationships and delivering a high-touch experience. If you're having the conversations and you're building those relationships, whether it's a university student or whether it's a candidate in the process, and even if you feel like you're over communicating, you're building a relationship with that person and they're getting a touch right at that point of what it would be like to work with us and for us, because that's how we operate. We operate in a place where, again, you, we want people to be heard. We're going to listen. So why not start that process early on? And then from an onboarding perspective, we've been trying to only onboard people every other Monday to create little like new hire classes, even if it's two or three people, very small. 
So someone isn't feeling like they're in this process of learning, meeting people all by themselves. We try to at least do that. And what we found now is that builds an immediate relationship with someone who's on day one, just like you, and learning a complicated product, learning new people, learning where to go find things, creating a Slack channel for that group of people, having kind of a, I'll call it an onboarding buddy is one of the things that we're thinking about doing. Someone who is a culture carrier who can be involved from the beginning. And most of our onboarding where we're headed is making sure that we have as many people in the company involved as possible, whether that's in a face-to-face on Zoom Mm -hmm. conversation, whether it's a recorded video where you're seeing six or seven different employees who are participating and teaching you about the history of Intradium. Whatever those avenues are, as many people that we can get involved in that process, you're going to go, okay, I'm not just a person who started on this day all by myself, and maybe you're part of a small team. So let's get you exposure. And that also breaks down silos, opens up communication, you get to know more people. So those are all some of the things that we are in the process of implementing to make sure that that new hire is happy about the decision that they made, because it's a decision for them too. And I want them to feel like they made the right choice and that coming to Interdiem was a good career move for them. And, you know, that's just as much on us as it is on them. Clearly, y'all have found things that are working really well in a remote environment. So have there any practices with onboarding that you've discarded in this remote space or things that aren't as effective as they might have been in the past? Yes. I think that, like I said, some of the random hiring of people, like going to start on a Wednesday and then someone else start on a Friday, we've eliminated that. We've eliminated as much as we possibly can because we are a SaaS company too. So we have a lot of training that people need to go through to learn our product. And a lot of that is self-paced and a lot of that is video. So that's why we're trying to add in some more, you know, a member of X department come in and talk to you about this part of our product versus watching a video on it. So we can engage in a little bit more of that in-person personal conversations that we can teach people. We've eliminated as much again as we can, and then just tried to streamline the processes and make sure that people do feel like they're part of the overall company. I think another thing that we are doing too, is we're going through like 45 and 90 day check-ins with our new hires. And basically saying, pretend I've given you a white piece of paper and what would you change? What do you feel like you didn't learn or you wish you had? Because I tell all of them, our goal as employees is to make the process better for the people that follow you. So let's go ahead and give us the feedback. Tell us what you would change. And we get a lot of really great ideas. They've also, many of them worked at older companies before. So why not see if they had things? I'm a big fan of don't recreate if you don't have to. Yeah. So um, if you can share experiences, why would you not do that? We haven't changed a lot. I think what we've done is we've streamlined, made it more efficient and added things that we think might work better since we are so spread out now. Right. It's like how every great piece of art is just a culmination of older techniques with a fun twist on it. Exactly. That's what the internet is the best thing in the world for, right? You can go look up things and go, oh, I think that's really cool. I might try to use that. You know, you put your own spin on it, paying attention to your own culture and your own company and the people that work there and make sure that it's something that's going to work. So much of the world is trial and error. You know, I've been in HR for 20 years and there's a lot of things that we've tried, not done well, tried again, tweaked it reinvented the wheel, so to say, but you need to do that because the world is constantly changing and we have to try to stay ahead if we can, but be creative at the same time. All with the one thing in common is our employees. Without our employees, we don't have a business. 
And with COVID-19, things have been changing at a breakneck pace, whether it's culture, how we work, where we work, the whole thing. So is there anything you see that will be a trend in the future of work or that you're anticipating to gain more traction? I think that remote first isn't going to go anywhere. People are going to itch to see each other, but being able to work in the comfort of your own home and have the flexibility of letting your dog out or taking your dog for a walk or have lunch with your kids that you wouldn't normally be able to do and get time back in your schedule because you're not sitting in traffic like I would be in Atlanta um, or many of the other cities around like it's so bad. I don't think that that trend is going to go anywhere. I also feel like employees, at least in my own experience, I feel like are more confident in sharing their opinions in a really good way, Um, especially if you're asking the questions and providing that open environment for people to give feedback and share the things that are important to them. I feel like the pandemic was such a hard time for so many people, whether they were ill or family members or their kids were at home. You're trying to get them to do their homework and you're trying to keep your job. And I think that because of that, so many companies were opening up the phone line, so to say, to let their employees talk and show you cared about their mental health. People are much more vocal. And I think it's really important for all of us to understand that everybody should have a voice. Again, it's not always that you're going to necessarily make all those changes, but I feel like that's something that I really do feel like people are more open to sharing their thoughts than they used to be. And I don't know if that's really going to change. It's also generational. Like the generations that we have coming into the workforce are that way. So it's balancing it too. Yeah. And speaking of time you gain back from working remotely or not being stuck in traffic, what do you have happening this weekend that you're really looking forward to? It's funny that you asked that question. I think anybody that I work with would not be surprised by this answer. My daughter plays travel softball. She's almost 16. I spend a lot of my weekends driving around to random rural areas of Georgia for softball tournaments. So I'm doing that on Saturday. But on Sunday, my kids and I and my dogs are headed to the beach for vacation. So that I'm extremely excited about. Oh, that sounds like so much fun. And do your dogs like the water or are they just like beach pups? (laughs) They're not even beach pups. It's like the sand. What is this? And they prefer to stay in the air conditioning, which I don't necessarily blame them too much. So I was going to say, I've been in Atlanta in the summers. It's hot. It's hot. So they like the air conditioning. They don't like that we're not next to them and I'm on the beach, but you know, they're fine. I'm going to try again to get them in the water, but we'll see what happens. It takes trial and error. My sister got a puppy last year and she tried to trial by fire, get him into the water. And he's got golden retriever in him. So you think he'd like it, but he's like, I'll stick to the rain and sprinklers for now. No swimming for him. I have golden retrievers. The one, my nine-year-old won't go in the water. She's terrified of it. She gets real close and then she backs up and scurries away. Oh my gosh. She won't go in. (laughs) I grew up with golden retrievers and one of our dogs, she didn't like swimming that much, but she would just like sit in the water and just like get completely soaked and just watch fish. That's all she would do. At least she went in though. (laughs) Yeah, but you don't have to worry about the smelly dog situation. Well, and that's true. So there is a good and bad about it, but it'll be fun. I hope you have a great time on vacation with your family and your dogs at the beach. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm excited. Kim, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. I hope it gives some tidbits to some other HR professionals out there. It's an interesting time we're in, so we can all learn from each other. Yeah, thank you again. I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.